In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, Amen. <clears throat> like to welcome you all to our Perseverance Family Conversation, and as always, it's great to be with all of you in our Perseverance Family. As always, we like to start off our conversation by inviting Mary to be with us. Mary has many beautiful titles. Mary is the Mother of God. Mary is the mother of the church. Mary is the mother of each and every one of us. Mary is also in the Hail Holy Queen. Mary is our life, our sweetness, and our hope. So let's pray the prayer that Mary loves most, and that is, of course, the Hail Mary. That she would Pray with us and accompany us together. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Now we'd like to invite to be with us our spiritual director, who is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit also has many descriptive titles. He is known as the Paraclete. Holy Spirit is also known as, taken from the Catechism of the Catholic Church, He's the gift of gifts. The Holy Spirit is also known as the sweet guest of our souls. Also, He's our counselor, gives us good advice. He's our consoler. In the midst of the trials of life, the Holy Spirit gives us consolation. And the Holy Spirit is also our interior master. Our interior master. St. Paul, in his letter to the Romans, reminds us of the importance of the Holy Spirit in our prayer life. He says, we really don't know how to pray as we ought. But the Holy Spirit intercedes with ineffable groans, so we can say, Abba. Abba, which means Daddy or Father. Let's ask the Holy Spirit to pour light into our intellects and to set our hearts on fire with love for God. Jesus said, I've come to cast fire on the earth. I'm not at peace until that fire being kindled. Let's turn the Holy Spirit 
and beg the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. Together. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill the hearts of your faithful. And enkindle within us the fire of your divine love. Send forth your spirit and they shall be created. And thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who did instruct the hearts of your faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us that by the same Spirit we may be truly wise and ever rejoice in his consolation through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Mary, Queen of the Apostles, pray for us. St. Joseph, Pray for us. St. Michael the Archangel. Pray for us. St. Gabriel. Pray for us. St. Raphael. Pray for us. St. Bartholomew Nathaniel. Pray for us. Saint Maria Faustina Kowalska, pray for us. All God's angels and saints, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Great to be with all of you. to give you even more encouragement I promise that I'll be praying for all of you in the holy sacrifice of the mass and by far the greatest of all prayers is the holy sacrifice of the mass it's the prayer par excellence So I'd like to place you on the altar in the Mass I'll be celebrating this evening, offering the following intentions. First, that all of us would make a concerted effort to be more and more open to the inspirations of the Holy Spirit. Perhaps we can say during the course of the day, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit, come through the heart of Mary. My next intention, my friends, I'd like to pray for our families. 
Now I'd like to pray for the conversion of our families, for the sanctification of our families, and the salvation of our families. Jesus expresses this with utmost clarity in these words. What would it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul in the process. So let's pray for our family members, especially those who are far away from God, that they would come back to the right path. And my third intention, and it's always of greatest importance, He said, I'd like to pray for the dying. This day, many people throughout the world will die, and many are not prepared. That through our prayers, that they would have recourse to the infinite mercy of God. So pray for Mary Jo's sister-in-law, Law's father who died yesterday. We'll, we'll pray not only for those who are dying, but we'll also pray for those who have, have died. That's a very good intention. That we should pray for the dead. Pray for the, the dead. And pray for the souls in purgatory. Very good intention. Thank you. That will do. So let's uh, enter into our topic today. And today, my friends, the church celebrates one of the twelve apostles. And the name of the apostle that we celebrate today is Bartholomew. Also, most Bible scholars agree that Bartholomew is also the Nathaniel that we encounter in the Gospels. So we've got the celebration of one of the one of the twelve original apostles. So I've got a lot to cover in this relatively short period of time. So let's jump into it. First point I'd like to highlight is that our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ could have saved the world by himself. But he willingly chose apostles or friends to collaborate with him in the work of spreading the word of God, preaching, teaching, healing, exercising. In other words, our Lord wanted to portray by this the importance of establishing family. The importance of establishing family. So Jesus Christ chose a group of friends. And we can also enter into this friendship with Christ. Let's pray that we would cultivate a dynamic, growing friendship with Jesus Christ. The next point I'd like to 
highlight in the person of Bartholomew or Nathaniel. I'll be using both of those names. He said, Jesus, before choosing them, he spent the whole night in prayer. Then he chose those to whom he wanted to be his own. How can we interpret that for us? Quite simply, the following. That we should pray before we act. And most especially, my friends, before making important decisions, we should pray, pray to the Holy Spirit for light. As well as humbly, humbly seek out advice from our spiritual director, our spiritual guide, our confessor. Two heads are better than one. We all have blind spots. So if our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ actually spent the whole night in prayer to the Eternal Father before making that definite decision of choosing the Twelve, how much more should we imitate Christ and apply ourselves to prayer, sometimes prolonged prayer, the more important the decision, the more time we should dedicate to prayer. And then also have the humility of of consulting, of consulting others, especially our spiritual director. Especially our spiritual director. The next point I'd like to make is that Jesus chose 12. 12 is a round number, and the 12 apostles is an extension of the 12 tribes of Israel. Okay, the name Bartholomew means the son of Ptolemy. And Nathaniel means gift of God. It's important that we get to know the meaning of names and that when we are naming our children, as the Catechism of the Catholic Church teaches us, that we should give them a, a name that has a Christian orientation at least. And we should get to know our name saint. Yesterday we talked about St. Rose of Lima. So let's move on in our reflection upon St. Nathaniel or Bartholomew. Once again, speaking about etymology and name, the word the word apostle, the word apostle, it comes from Greek and it means sent. That Jesus would eventually send the apostles 
He would send the apostles out on mission to preach, especially conversion, be converted because the kingdom of God is at hand. Then to heal the sick, to anoint the sick with oil, as well as to exorcise or to cast out the devils. That was the essential missionary mandate of Christ. And he would send them out two and two. There's a beautiful scene in the Chosen where Jesus speaks to the twelve apostles and he sends them out two by two. All right, how do we how do we encounter this person, Nathaniel? It happened in in this manner. Jesus called Philip to follow him. <coughs> Philip was from Bethsaida. And Philip Philip had a friendship with Nathaniel. And both were men that had reflected upon sacred scripture. They knew the prophets. They knew the Old Testament. They knew the Torah. They knew the law of Moses. So they were very versant with sacred scripture. So Philip was so enthusiastic about his encounter with Christ that he couldn't keep this to himself. You can see a parallel between Philip and St. Andrew. So, St. Andrew, after he encounters Christ, He's so overflowing with joy that he runs to his brother Simon Peter and says, we found the Messiah. Andrew brings Peter to Christ. And Jesus says, you are Peter Rock. So it's by means of personal invitation that these people will 
encounter our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The same thing happens between Philip and Nathaniel. So Philip goes to Nathaniel or Bartholomew and says that we have encountered the long-awaited Messiah. He's a, he is Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. Now Nathaniel, knowing scripture, and knowing that the Messiah would come from Bethlehem, the city of David, responds almost almost with perhaps a little bit of sarcasm. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was not even on the map. Basically a no man's land. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? So Philip makes this decision. Instead of trying to give him convincing proofs verbally, by word of mouth, Philip decides to do this. Why not simply invite Nathaniel to meet Jesus in person. So he says to his friend Nathaniel, come and see. So Philip brings Nathaniel to Jesus. And it's a beautiful encounter. that you can read and meditate upon in the very first chapter of John. The very first chapter of John, my friends, you have the prologue. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. To his own he came, but the, his own did not receive him. But those who receive him, he gave them the ability to be sons of God. That's called the prologue. Then after that, we encounter John the Baptist with, with, with John the Evangelist and Andrew. And John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. They get up and they follow. And then Andrew brings Peter, and then right after that we have this encounter in John chapter 1 between Jesus and Philip, and now Philip is going to be, he will bring his friend Bartholomew. So it's by word of mouth and by invitation that these first followers of Christ, we call them the apostles, will form a group. 
a family. So Philip, Philip says to his friend, Nathaniel, come and see. And that's what happens. So as Jesus is drawing close, rather Nathaniel is drawing close to Jesus, Jesus looks intently at Nathaniel. His eyes are fixed on Nathaniel. It's a loving gaze. My friends, uh, when we do our meditation every day, we should be focusing upon Christ. He's the way, the truth, and the life. But at the same time, it's a good idea to start off our meditation by imagining the loving gaze, the loving eyes upon, of Christ upon us. Great way to start off. I repeat, we start off our meditation by imagining the loving gaze of Christ upon us. In the words of the psalmist, look to the Lord and be radiant with joy. Look to the Lord and be radiant with joy. And Jesus looking lovingly upon Nathaniel, he says these words. Behold, behold an Israelite. Behold an Israelite. Or an interpretation is, here is a true child of Israel. And Jesus says, there is no duplicity in him. Now let's talk about the word duplicity. Let's talk about duplicity. What does duplicity mean? Well, duplicity means there's no duplicity in him. Duplicity can be interpreted as dishonesty, surreptitious, wily, deceitful, Deceptive. These are, all, these are all pejorative or negative qualities that we can attribute to a person. So Nathaniel, there is none of them whatsoever. What would be, what would be the opposite of that? It would be, the opposite of that would be honesty, 
sincerity, simplicity, veracity, transparency, honesty, truthfulness, childlike simplicity. In other words, a person that is the real deal. A person that's always telling the truth. A person is not going to try to trick others. A person that says one thing and does another thing. Like the Pharisees. So Jesus actually praises Nathaniel by saying in him there's no duplicity. You might even say it purity of heart. Jesus said, blessed are the pure of heart for they will see God. And many people live double lives. They, When they open up their mouth, they, they say something, but it's not true. But sometimes it might be like a half-truth. Maybe we've done that in the past. So this is a real this is a real compliment. And by the way, Jesus we find Jesus in the gospel not giving too many compliments. We he gives it to Nathaniel and gives it to John the Baptist. Of all women born all uh men born of women none greater than John the Baptist. And then after Jesus says this to Nathaniel, Nathaniel says Rabbi, Rabbi which means Rabbi which means teacher. He says, How do you know me? Let's stop and reflect upon those words. How do you know me? My friends, Jesus knows us in and out. He knew us before we were born. He knew us when we were in our mother's womb. Jesus knows our past. Jesus knows our present. He knows what will happen in the future. So we want to try to, my friends, as we're meditating upon the Word of God and this Apostle, trying to apply this to ourselves. My method is to give the topic, interpretation, and then to try to implement it or to put it into practice. So Nathaniel says, Rabbi, how do you know me? Rabbi, how do you know me? And Jesus responds, He said, 
He says that I saw you underneath the fig tree. And then Nathaniel, Bartholomew, he makes his profession of faith. He says, Rabbi, teacher once again, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Already the very beginning of the public life of Christ, Nathaniel makes this profession of faith as will Peter later on when Jesus says who do people say I am and then Peter will go on to say you are the Christ the son of the living God and then Thomas Thomas after he he says he will not believe. Then he sees Christ and he says, My Lord and my God. This can be a cue for us to reaffirm our belief in Christ himself. My friends, Jesus Christ is the Word of God made flesh. Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God. Jesus Christ is the Savior. Jesus Christ is our Redeemer. It's a time for us to renew, my friends, renew our faith, our belief, and our love for Christ. Then... Jesus responds to this profession of faith saying, Do you believe I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he says to him, Amen I say to you. Amen I say to you. You will see the heaven open." And the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Now, Philip and Nathaniel, or Bartholomew, being versant and knowledgeable of the Old Testament, would have thought right away in the following. The patriarchs are Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. When Jacob was traveling, he wrestles with the angel. And the angel dislocates his sciatic nerve. Then Jacob looks up and he sees the ladder coming from heaven in which the angels were ascending and they were descending on the ladder. So most probably Philip as well as Nathaniel 
once Jesus said that, remember this dream of Jacob, the ladder that goes to heaven. And Jesus mentions the angels. So there's a lot in that. My friends, what is the ladder? What is the ladder that can take us to heaven? I'd like to mention three different rungs or steps. We have to we have to get to heaven, but we have to wait. We have to make sure that we climb the ladder. The first rung on the ladder to get to heaven, my friends, is to do what these apostles are doing. They're talking to Jesus. They're having this very spontaneous, simple, honest conversation with Christ. We have to do the same. The simple, transparent conversation with Christ, this is called prayer. This is called prayer. And all of us are invited in our lives to engage in prayer. Not only to engage in prayer, but to make a concerted effort to keep augmenting, perfecting, purifying our prayer life. The second rung, my friends, is to receive God into our hearts as often as we can in the sacramental life, and that is by receiving the Eucharist. We unite ourselves with Christ himself, who says in the Gospel of St. John, chapter 6, he says that I am the bread of life. Whoever eats my body and drinks my blood will have everlasting life. And I will raise him up on the last day. We're talking about the interpretation of this ladder that goes to heaven. And the third would be Mary. Mary can be seen as the ladder to heaven. The gate of heaven. The doorway to heaven. So my friends, those are the rungs on the ladder that we have to utilize to ascend on high. We have to dedicate ourselves to a more serious prayer life. We have to have a real hunger for the word of word of God, but also the bread of life. And we want to turn to Mary. Mary is the gate of heaven. And Mary also is the ladder of heaven. And then Jesus says that and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of God. Ascending and descending upon the Son of God. My friends, a brief comment on that. We all have we all have special friends, invisible friends, and these are these are the angels. 
Each and every one of you have a guardian angel. As a child, the first prayer that I learned, <coughs> and perhaps the first prayer <coughs> that you learned, was a prayer to the guardian angel. Dear angel of God, my guardian dear, to whom God's love commits me here, ever this day or night, be at my side to light and guard, to rule and guide. Amen. My friends, today, in honor of our conversation with Jesus and the Apostles, let's renew our belief. Let's renew our belief in the presence of the angels and Mary, who is the queen of the angels. See how rich, my friends, is the word of God. And you notice as I start off our conversation and our perseverance meeting, I pray to Mary, I pray to the Holy Spirit, then I pray a litany of saints. And after I pray to St. Joseph, maybe, you're, maybe you are aware of this, I always pray to St. Michael the Archangel, I pray to St. Gabriel the Archangel, and I pray also to St. Raphael the Archangel. So that's my comment on the biblical passage for today. Concluding with the presence of the angels that Jesus mentions in sacred scripture. One last idea. The Archangel Saint Raphael, the Archangel Saint Raphael, that you can find in the book of Tobit, and his name means medicine of God, is a patron saint of many different things. But this can be of great help for all of us because we all have to deal with people in our lives and sometimes we have to deal with difficult people. People that might be somewhat challenging to put it, to put it bluntly. St. Raphael is the patron saint also of happy meetings. So say, for example, sometime today or sometime this week, you have to go to a family meeting or a work meeting or meet someone who is very difficult. He's conflictual. And as Carmen says, these people can put our patients to the test. So true. Well, invite, invite the Archangel Raphael to accompany you in that meeting. And even though you don't see him because he's invisible, he'll be present there and he'll be able to kind of soften the blow or help to direct or guide the conversation. 
My friends, honestly, we, I don't think that we pray enough to the angels, to our guardian angels, to St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael, and there are many other angels, myriads upon myriads of angels. So then, Jesus chooses Nathaniel, which means gift of God, or Bartholomew, son of Ptolemy, same person, most likely, to be one of his original twelve apostles. An apostle means sent. Related to this topic of being an apostle, our friend Venerable Fulton J. Sheen gives us great advice on how to become a good apostle. And Fulton Sheen says, first come, first come, and then go. That's the dynamic. First come, and then go. Come to me, all of you are weary, and I'll give you rest. Come to me and I'll make you fishers of men. Then go out to all the world. Teaching them. All that I taught you. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And behold, I'll be with you always, even until the end of the world. First come, then go. So Jesus has chosen Nathaniel, but it came, my friends, through the instrumentality of another person, and that was his friend Philip. So Philip was the bridge, the ladder, the connection between Jesus and Nathaniel. Often there are secondary connections secondary connections. Now, what more can we say about Nathaniel? We don't have too many details about the life of Nathaniel and most of the apostles. However, we can say this, that they spent time with Jesus. Jesus had the 72 disciples to help him promote the kingdom. But our Lord had 12 apostles, his intimate friends. So Jesus spent time with them, becoming their friend, talking to them, listening to them giving them good advice, giving them good advice. And then he would send them out, two by two, on mission, 
And as I mentioned earlier, they were called to preach. And this was the essential message that they were called to preach. That a metanoia, be converted because the kingdom of God is at hand. Then they were called to heal the sick. To anoint them with oil. And also they were called to cast out demons in his name. That would be the essential mission of the, of the apostles. Well, we know then when Christ was arrested, and condemned to death that the apostles the apostles fearful they fled then Jesus after being crucified <coughs> buried he rose from the dead three days but we have a radical transformation of the apostles. After they make this first and very powerful novena. That's right. Novena, which actually means nine days. So they spent nine days and nine nights in the upper room called the Cenacle with Mary, the mother of God. And then we have the Pentecost experience. There's a powerful wind and then tongues of fire descended upon the heads of the apostles. From that moment on, they're confirmed they are strengthened in their belief and love for Christ. And as St. John Chrysostom mentions in the Liturgy of the Hours, these uneducated men who perhaps never gone to a public city before were sent out in the most important enterprise in the world to try to convert the whole world without any formal education. Why? Because they receive the Holy Spirit and they're convinced of the love that Christ had for them and they wanted to bring the love of Christ to the whole world. We don't know too much about Bartholomew, but according to the Roman martyr martyrology, according to the Roman martyrology, We have this, that Nathaniel went to India, from India to Arabia, and he ends up in Armenia. And this is how his life ends, according to the Roman martyrology that Bartholomew preached the word of God to the king of Armenia and he was converted. 
to Christianity. And there were individuals in Armenia that did not agree with this. <coughs> so they got a hold of Bartholomew. And he was martyred. But brace yourself. He was actually flayed alive. So they skinned him with a knife. And then they finally they decapitated him. If you go to St. Peter's Basilica in Rome, if you ever have the opportunity, you'll see a huge statue of this saint, St. Bartholomew, St. Nathaniel, in which, which it looks like he is, it looks like he's holding a piece of paper like this. Almost looks like he's holding a piece of paper, a scroll like this. And it wasn't so much a paper or a scroll, but it was actually his, his, his flesh that he was holding. That he was, he was actually skinned alive. How on earth, how on earth could anyone undergo that? On a human plane, obviously that would be impossible. Many of us are afraid of a pinprick. How on earth could anyone die in such a, such a manner? It could only be possible this could only be possible through the infusion of the Holy Spirit and the conviction of this individual of God's love for him and his desire to love Christ in return. So my friends, uh, Hopefully this conversation has been helpful to you to get to know the apostles and most especially to get to know the apostle that we celebrate every August 24th. And the name of this apostle is St. Bartholomew or St. Nathaniel. The love of God compels us. So let's pray, my friends, that we would experience a deep knowledge, love, and friendship with Jesus Christ. And in honor of this great apostle, I'd like to give you my priestly blessing, and let's pray for each other. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you. The Father, the Son,
and the Holy Spirit. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us be glad and rejoice in it. Amen.